to Novel Finds, the podcast where we talk about your favorite books, our favorite books, and everything in between. Hey, it's me, Maggie. And me, Julia. And I'm really excited because we are talking about a book that I just heckin' love and am obsessed with, and I literally put it on the schedule and did not give Julia a decision. Yeah, no, you put it on the (laughs) schedule, and then I had to read three books in order to get to this one. You didn't technically have to do that. I did not do that. (laughs) Okay, but I'm also glad that I did that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, So, you guys, today we are talking about... Once Upon a Broken Heart by Stephanie Garber. I'm super jazzed. Julia, are you super jazzed? Are you happy I made you read this? You know, I I am. I am happy. I was a little bit unhappy with the Caraval series. That's fair. And so now that I've read Once Upon a Broken Heart, which is not exactly a sequel series, but like sort of, I yeah. like it. I liked this one. Once Upon a Broken Heart basically exists in the same world Mm -hmm. as Caraval and follows the story of Jax, who was one of the main characters in Caraval. Mm -hmm. So personally, I think his storyline is pretty obvious. But if you are worried about getting any spoilers for the Caraval trilogy and the character of Jax, um, this is a warning ahead of time because this is a continuation of his story. But I would say, personally, I read The Once Upon a Broken Hearts uh, and then Ballad of Never After, um, the second in the trilogy, before I read Caraval. And it did not it did not change my enjoyment of that trilogy at all, I would say. Like, okay, yeah. I already, quite frankly, didn't enjoy Tella's point of view. So I wasn't <laughs> too interested in what, what man she was ending up with anyway. Yeah, I mean, I liked Tella a lot more once we got to finale. I was very annoyed with her in the first two books. But then I got, like, kind of annoyed with Scarlet in finale. So weird. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. I just didn't really like this series as much as I initially started it as. That's because Caraval's amazing and the rest is medium. But Once Upon a Broken Heart slaps and the ballad of never after it does so good i cannot wait for you to read the sequel yeah you know what i am very excited about that too and even though in the care of all series two and three are kind of medium i am still glad that i read them because i liked having that background knowledge of the universe yeah yeah That's fair. That's fair. Mm -hmm. Well, before we go any further, let me give you a small little synopsis. Again, it's not going to be anything crazy um, because Stephanie Garber is very, very into twists and turns with her books. And if I honestly gave a synopsis that was longer than the back of the book, Mm -hmm. it would be a quote unquote spoiler. Because I think part of the joy of reading it is going on that crazy journey with Evangeline um, and growing as she does. Yeah. Okay. Let me give you this little synopsis. This is the back of the book. Here we go. For as long as she can remember, Evangeline Fox has believed in happily ever after until she learns that the love of her life is about to marry another and her dreams are shattered. Desperate to stop the wedding and heal her wounded heart, 
Evangeline strikes a deal with the charismatic but wicked Prince of Hearts. In exchange for his help, he asks for three kisses to be given at any time and place of his choosing. But after Evangeline's first promised kiss, she learns that bargaining with an immortal is a dangerous game and that the Prince of Hearts wants far more from her than she pledged. He has plans for Evangeline, plans that will either end in the greatest happily ever after or the most exquisite tragedy. Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Yeah. So that's dramatic. Uh, It is quite dramatic. But uh, it's a dramatic book. <laughs> it's really dramatic. I, I do think that it's it's clever. It's clever though because Evangeline begins the book so naive, but I think that that's what makes the twists and turns work so well because she she becomes just this really clever, fierce character. Especially by the end of the second, she is is a powerhouse that you are just so excited to see what she does. But um. It is a dramatic book. Stephanie loves her drama. I believe that Stephanie used to write fan fiction. Oh, I (laughs) can imagine that she did. And you want to know what? (laughs) What? Here's one of my fun facts for you. Tell me. Is she is a former blogger. At, oh um, I've I've never heard of this, but I'm sure someone somewhere has. Uh, publishing crawl, but it's pub. And then in parentheses, lishing crawl. So it's like pub crawl, but publishing cool. crawl. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I imagine being a former blogger, that's probably where that energy comes from. Totally. I love that yeah. for her. Yeah. You know, Sarah J. Moss used to be a fan fiction writer. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, <laughs> not, not at all. The first Akatar is literally based off Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it just it has the pace of like a good fan fiction. So it does. It absolutely <laughs> does. That is not shocking to me in the slightest. <laughs> All right. Back to Stephanie Garber though. Um she also it took six years of writing and rewriting before Caraval was published. Oh snap. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably why book one is like dope. Yeah, I mean, that is so much work. Six years there, yeah. Um, And also, Caraval has sold in over 30 countries, which is pretty cool. That is a really good fun fact. Yeah, that's all I've got. That's okay. Thanks for those fun facts, Julia. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm glad. (laughs) We're glad (laughs) you're here. You just stopped. I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) Awkwardly stares. I I felt I was going to add more to that sentence and then just didn't. And so it didn't have the downward inflection that I normally have at the end of my sentences, which was weird. It was weird for all of us to share. Yeah, we're, we're here now. This is where we're at today. We're back on track. Here we go. Yeah. Julia, I think we already yeah. talked about it, but how does this compare to Caraval? You know, okay, so... If it's just specifically Caraval, just the first book, I think Caraval and Once Upon a Broken Heart are pretty comparable. Mm-hmm. Um, I would agree. I would agree. Yes. I haven't read The Ballad of Never After. And so I, w- I will. I will. And when is the third one coming out? 
this year. I think Yay. October. Okay. All right. So yeah. Um I'm interested to see how they compare to like respectively legendary and finale in the Caraval series. But I already imagine, like, based on your reaction, that it's probably much better. But first book to first book, I think that they're pretty, pretty solid. Yeah, I would agree. I think um Stephanie Garber just does a great job of setting up the characters. And I think what Caraval and Once Upon a Broken Heart both have is a betrayal that in some ways you see coming and in other ways you do not see coming. And it hurts mm-hmm. both times. Mm. Um, I think it's, there, I just feel like that's a really strong parallel between both books. But what I think makes Ballad of Never After stronger than legendary is that Stephanie Garber knows the world so well and pushes the plot in a more dramatic way of Once Upon mm-hmm. a Broken Heart. And you stay with Evangeline Fox. You don't change point of view. Oh, good. I was really hoping yeah. so. I was going to ask you that, actually. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> I was like, ah. And Evangeline really just gets better and better. When I first started the book, I thought to myself, oh, no. <laughs> Is Evangeline just going to be just like a silly fool who keeps falling for Jack's tricks? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. God, I love her growth. I love okay, her growth. But also, like, I don't know. I, are they Jack's trick? I, I know he's a tricky, tricky character. But I feel like I actually started liking Jack's more than I did the Caraval series. Oh, absolutely. Me too. Um, In the Caraval trilogy, I feel like... I enjoyed Jack's because I enjoy inviting chaos into the things that I read. So mm-hmm. I wanted Tella to just be unhinged and like fall in love with Jack's. Um, but he didn't like do much for me as a character. I just felt like yeah, he didn't really go anywhere. Um, but I really enjoy him in Once Upon a Broken Heart. I think he's so interesting and I feel like in this one and then also in the second you just chip away more and more and Mm -hmm. that's what makes it so interesting because he tricks and he lies all of the time but as you get closer and closer to the truth it almost becomes harder to figure out what is the real thing and what is the lie because he's like actually opening up to Evangeline Mm. but then he's backtracking and you're like just tell me the truth please (laughs) sick of these games right uh that's kind of how i felt with the caraval trilogy though was like it's it's really based around a game this one at least is not entirely based around a game no but the games what is real and what is not real really bothered me yeah that drove me crazy in caraval it's not i i just feel like it's different in once upon a broken heart because it's based in like their reality and it mostly mm-hmm. has to do with Evangeline figuring out who is good for her and what is the right thing to do unless mm-hmm. what is real? What is not real? Woe is me. I'm in love with this guy. I'm in love with that guy. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Which yeah. just felt very damsel in distress, very damsel in distress. It's not to say that it's bad. And I have to be honest, if I had read this when I was 15, Wow. 
I mean, I would have just <laughs> ate it up. I mm-hmm. I would have just ate it up. I mean, Tella is no more annoying than Bella Swan. Mm-hmm. You know? But yeah. as a grown woman, I just did not care for her antics very much. That is fair. Um, okay, so Maggie, how did you come across this book? I'm so glad you asked me. Uh, so my colleague at work, I work at a bookstore, came mm-hmm. up to me and she had, so The Ballad of Never After had come out and she had especially purchased herself a hardcover copy of Once Upon a Broken Heart because she wanted them mm-hmm. to match. And then she read them and she would not stop talking about them. So then I was thinking to myself, well, then I have to read them. And I read mm-hmm. them so fast. And I'm so glad that we, that I did. <laughs> and that is how they came into my life is because of my colleague. I love that. And then afterwards you're like, oh, I should probably read Caraval. Um, yes, I really, I read Caraval um, mostly because the two queens, so in the story, Evangeline um, is convinced to go to the Northern Court um, mm-hmm. to woo Apollo and potentially become the queen and to keep an eye on Jax. And she mm-hmm. is sent by these two, one queen, both queens, I couldn't quite tell you, but they are Scarlet and Tella from Caraval. And that intrigued me. And honestly, that is why I read it. And I am possibly because of the night circus, possibly just because of my personality. I love a, I love a circus. So a magical circus that was also a competition game up my street, which is why I then read that after. Once Upon a Broken Heart was just so fun and and such a delight to read. And I loved being in the world that I just kind of wanted to scratch the same itch. So reading mm-hmm. more by Stephanie Garber just made sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. That checks out. Yes. I guess you came across this book from me. Yes. Although yep. I will do you the honor of answering. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the biggest reason that I came across this book is because the title of it showed up in our planning document for, <laughs> for season three. And I was like, oh, okay. And then you're like, it's so good. We should read it. I love it. And all of like, literally all of the energy. I was like, okay, all right, great. Um, So then I was like, well, there's a a prequel series or there's a series that is similar. So I'll read that first because I already had Caraval and I had been meaning to read it. And so I read it and liked it. And then I brought Legendary to Scotland and was reading it there. And was like, okay, well, once I'm done with this duology, then we'll be good. Then I'll be ready to read it. And then I found out that it was a trilogy. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Um, So really, I read three books to get to this one. Worth it. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I I did not like Jax in the Caraval trilogy. Big fan of Dante, but also am annoyed now about Dante from the tri- the Caraval trilogy. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. No, that absolutely sucked. <laughs> that was the worst twist. I hated it. I'm really sorry. I still hate it. Honestly, I think about it every now and then, and I'm just like, ugh, why? Because um, <laughs> you were, like, right next to me when the twist happened on the tube. <laughs> yeah, I was. And... 
my heart went out to you. I knew that you would care about it because you really cared about Dante. Mm-hmm. I saw it coming and I did not care about it, but yeah, I was really sorry that that happened to you. And I'm really, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. It's really nice of your, your, uh, bookstore colleagues to also not say a word about Dante. Hey, we are, we are a true group. It was amazing. Like, honestly, just thinking back on that and talking about how I was partway through Legendary and which part. And then I mentioned how much I loved Dante. And then, like, nothing. There were no spoilers. I literally had zero idea of what was about to happen. (laughs) Yeah. We're good. (laughs) You're really good. It was was good. (laughs) Uh, Well, Julia, what genre would you say that this book is? Well, I would say this one is, pro- uh, I I think it's low fantasy. It's definitely, it's high fantasy in the sense that the there's a lot of world building and they exist in a very high fantasy world, but it's written yeah. in a very low fantasy way. Like it's just yeah. very easy to understand. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I wrote down low fantasy and then the whole the hesitation was because then I was thinking about how it's probably actually closer to high fantasy. But again, not crazy names or anything. No, definitely not. And it's a book that we keep in our fantasy room and our young adult room, just because Mm -hmm. I think it does sort of bridge the gap, you know, something that 15, 16, 17 year olds can enjoy, but it's also something that I can see, you know, adults enjoying as well. So yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we've enjoyed it. Yeah, and we're 28. Well, I'm 29, actually. God, you're so old. (laughs) Rude. Um, We kind of already talked about why you put it on the podcast, why you loved it so much. Is is there any more you want to add to that? Um, Honestly, it's just really enjoyable. And I love a fantasy that's sort of centered on love and relationships I really love the characters. I love that it's um, it keeps going back to this fable of the fox and the archer and mm-hmm. how Evangeline Fox is so similar and might actually be the fox in that story. And what does that mm-hmm. mean for her livelihood? And at times it just felt so, I don't know, like just a fun little romp, you know, just, yeah. gosh, it just... I- a fantasy yeah. that you want to read it's it's lovely it's fun you just want to stay in the world yeah yeah i would say that the north which is the setting for this one is way cooler than the the other empire in the in the carabal trilogy oh yeah Absolutely. like the north the north is a bit wilder and it's cool yeah it is it's magic it feels mm-hmm. like magic and it's also so fun because evangeline fox is a girl with no magic who gets the opportunity to have this magical experience and to sort uh-huh. of, you know, gain power that she doesn't want to have, but just a fun journey to go on. I, yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, well, Julia, yes. who is your favorite and least favorite character in this book? Okay. So I'm going to start with my least favorite because yeah. I was not a fan of Marisol her stepsister literally and i don't say this to be you know funny but she sucks 
<laughs> she she apps she sucks the whole time. I I did yeah. not like her one just, little bit. Mm, I I did feel for her when you know Evangeline is outside her her bedroom door and Marisol's mom Evangeline's stepmother is just like so emotionally abusive and manipulative to Marisol and Marisol is seemingly like such a sweet person and just like wants good things to happen and is just very battered and like that's that's the vibe that she puts out there yeah and to some extent I do feel for her but then I stop feeling for her when they get to the north and yeah. more information starts coming out. I think the thing, and this is not any sort of giveaway, this is genuinely how I felt about Marisol from the beginning, is she's the type of person who hasn't had the easiest life, but she uses that to manipulate the people around her. Um and also, and she hasn't had a hard life. She's though. not like, had a hard life. It may not have been easiest, but she does. She does take what is given to her. Yeah, and and she, she is, doesn't like speak up for others. She just she gladly accepts what is handed to her. Yeah, I I hated the way she treated Evangeline. I thought Evangeline gave her way too many liberties, and I just yeah, I did not care for Marisol either. She's also mm-hmm. my least favorite character. Oh, cool, so. cool. I'm glad we're on the same page. Yeah, because honestly, like, I I just did not end up liking her. I thought I would, and I didn't. Like, yeah, ugh, no. I um, would go up to no. um my colleague at work, and she would just be like, "How are you enjoying it?" And I'm like, "I don't trust this bitch. I don't. <laughs> Something's up with her, <laughs> and I don't like it." <laughs> You, I feel like, are much better at picking out those type of things than I am. I was not expecting <laughs> the, the twist. <laughs> I, I was just like, the vibe is off, and then left it there. <laughs> no, I'm always like, the vibe is off. They are suspicious. What have they done? What have they done? Right. And I'm just like, ah, the vibe is off. Continuing on. <laughs> um yes i would say maybe my favorite character though i it's i really like evangeline i feel like it's a cop-out to say that my favorite character is the main character it's like saying harry potter is my favorite character in harry potter um but harry potter is not yeah (laughs) he's not um but like evangeline is a really good main character Mm-hmm. She she is a very good character and I like her. I like her her relationship with Jax. I like watching that too. So that might be the secondary non actually a character, but I like watching it. Yeah. Evangeline is one of those characters that I think maybe knowing she did it, maybe not knowing she did it, Stephanie Garber almost twists the chosen one mm-hmm. like trope that you see in a lot of, you know young fantasy heroes and Evangeline is sort of stuck in this role with Jax that Mm -hmm. she didn't necessarily ask for, but her coming to terms with that and, and finding her own power and her relationship with Jax is so interesting to me. I love it. It's so interesting. It's so like, it's so not the relationship that Jax and Tella had. 
No. It's it's the relationship that I think Jax wanted to have with Tella and then didn't get. Which is why, especially after seeing Evangeline and Jax interact, knowing that Jax is so hung up on Tella when I was reading Legendary and Finale, I thought to myself, Jax, sir, why? <laughs> why are you so hung up on this girl? She is right. giving you nothing. Yeah. Okay, so... Is Evangeline also your favorite character? I would say Evangeline's my favorite, but I also have to give a shout out to the unwed bride, who's a character Mm. that I just love hearing from. Yeah. Yeah, she was really sweet, actually. The unwed bride is um, comes from a story as well, and she's one of the women that Evangeline is not pitted against, but is also there to court the... Um, future king and to potentially become queen and she is like if this book had an unhinged best friend character it would be Mm -hmm. the unwed bride she's wild she's she's a lot of fun and she comes back in ballad of never after oh good i really wanted to see more of her in once upon a broken heart and i was just like well i like what we had yeah she comes back and it's it's all good i i really enjoy her character, and I love seeing what crazy stuff she's getting up to. But mm-hmm. the Unwed Bride's whole story is basically that she will never get married, um, but she always wants to get married. And what was it? The number was ridiculous. She has been engaged 16 times. Yeah, it's a lot of times. And then isn't something tragic happens to her fiance? Every single time, like the day of the wedding or just before the wedding, they die Mm -hmm. or they run away or something horrible happens to them. And but she essentially is a character who just loves being in love and she just wants to feel love, which is why she can't stop wanting to get married. Mm -hmm. But she knows that she is cursed and she's doomed. She can never get married. Yeah, I love that her way of like trying to handle that, though, like get a grip on it. As that impulse, she makes wedding dresses. Like she's she's a seamstress and she makes gorgeous creations. And then like people will buy those from her. And and it's not like the dresses are cursed. They're not. It's just like that is her late night insomnia urge is just to make a wedding dress. It's it's adorable. I love it. It's so wholesome. It is really wholesome. Yeah. Um, so Julia. Yeah, I think I'm assuming the answer is Evangeline, but I'd be curious to hear if it's otherwise. If you mm-hmm. could be any character in this book, who would you want to be and why? You know, Evangeline is really cool. And I really love that she has pink hair um, because I also have pink hair. So I was like, oh, great. I can connect <laughs> <with> her. Um, <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah. I just, I don't know if I would want to, if I was going to be in this book, I don't know if I'd want to be the main character. I never want to be the main character. I am a very like lazy person. Mm -hmm. Not, well, no. Okay. I'm a very tired person. And so I would rather be a side character that is watching all of this happen and like helping move the story along without actually having to go on the perilous adventure. I think. So maybe the un- the unhinged best friend maybe the unwed bride would be for me because she's not she does push the story along but she doesn't actually do a whole lot she's just watching it happen 
<laughs> that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, absolutely. What about you? Um, honestly, I would love to be Evangeline. Um, I just love the magical journey she sort of gets. I mean, it's harrowing. Obviously, if I was mm-hmm. in her shoes and my life was at risk and I was indebted to the Prince of Hearts, of course, I would be feeling stressed about it. But yes. I love her story and I love her character and I would love to get to be her. Yeah. Yeah, so. I can see that. Are there any magical items that you want to have from this book? Um, Honestly, the first thing that came to mind was just like getting the opportunity to see the magical north. Mm-hmm. I couldn't really think of any specific magical item that I would want to have, but I think maybe my brain was just running a blank. I don't know. Fair, fair. I'd want one of the tiny dragons. Oh, I take it back. I want a tiny dragon. Yeah. Aren't they? They're just so cute. It's the dream. I would love on it. Like my dream as a fantasy character that I will one day get to play if that happens in my life. So that yeah. I'm a fantasy character who gets a dragon. Yeah. But does it stay small or does it get big and you can ride it? No, it gets big so I can ride it. Okay. I think I just want a small one. That's to be fair. honest. Yeah. I totally like, understand that though. There's something about an animal that's supposed to be big that's really tiny. That's just really mm-hmm. cute. Yeah. Like your dog. Yeah. It's why it's why though tiny dogs I think are so cute because they're not that big dogs aren't cute. They are. But because you see dogs that are big and large, when you see the same type of animal just be so tiny, it could perch on your shoulder. You think to yourself, what? <laughs> How are you the same species? <laughs> also, I love you. Exactly. And you're cute. Also, your organs must be tiny. <laughs> so, so little. Like, how big are your lungs? Small. They're small. Tiny. <laughs> They're so tiny. It just yeah. warms my heart. It warms my heart so much. So, yeah, tiny dragon. Tiny dragons. Aren't they? They're, like, compared to, what, pigeons, essentially? Yeah. Yes. Like, they're just everywhere, and you can domesticate them if you want to. Like, there are some dragons that help make popcorn or, like, warm chestnuts or something. I don't want to be dramatic, but if there was a tiny dragon that made popcorn, that would be my dream. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be really, so. really cute. But, yeah. So, like, that that is that that's what I want. Right there. Nice. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. Yes. Lovely. Yeah. yeah. So, Julia, how do you feel about those morally gray characters in this story? There are a lot of them. Potentially all of them, except for Evangeline. Yes, Evangeline is pure. She is nothing but if something bad happens to her, I will be very upset. Um rightfully so. Yes. Morally gray characters. Okay, so I was thinking of Jax. Like he immediately mm-hmm. comes to mind when I think of a morally gray character. I really like him. I like his his grayness. Um I like that he was a darker gray before. And now he's like, now that he's sort of released some of his information about himself, he's a little less dark gray. And like, I like being able to see his motivations sort of. Obviously, Marisol is not dark gray. She is just evil. Um, You heard her. (laughs) Mic drop. Yeah. No, I mean, she's definitely morally gray, but I, I don't know. 
do we we obviously learn more about her right a bit yeah she doesn't really play as much of a role in the second one um i would say the character that we see in the first one quite a bit but that we see even more of in the second is apollo who is Mm. um the king who has fallen in love with evangeline yeah he plays uh a bigger and much darker role in the second, which is very interesting. Yeah. That, that is interesting. That is not where I thought that sentence was going to go. Mm -hmm. I'm very, what about his brother? Oh yes. He, okay. Let me think of his journey in the first book. So I don't give anything away in the second. Mm -hmm. Yes, you do. He has a very interesting arc in the second but also, it sort of ties up. I don't think we'll see him again after the second oh, one. Okay, okay. So that's probably for the best. Yeah, he was kind of. Think, you get you get why he's there. He's pushing the plot forward. He's yeah. causing conflict. But I just didn't like him. Well, he didn't show up until like two thirds of the way through the first book. Yeah, and then you get like what one big speech out of him at the end of the first. What a waste! Get out of here. Honestly, we're not really expecting much from him. It's just interesting that he and Apollo have share such contention. Yeah, with each it other. It is very interesting. What about you? How do you feel about the morally gray characters? Who do you think of when you think of morally gray? For I definitely, I, I think of the male leads. I think of Jackson Apollo. <clears throat> I think Apollo's um, journey is so interesting, and this is not a spoiler as to what happens to him, but a little bit of spoiler about the plot, but. Apollo really takes on the role of the character of the archer in the mm. fable, the mm-hmm. archer and the fox. And he becomes so obsessed and in love with Evangeline, but he can't stop trying to kill her. Um, <laughs> and it is just really interesting. But the way the way that his character is written and the way that Evangeline thinks about him is honestly the most intriguing part because you would just think, oh, well, he's he's the villain. He's just a point of conflict. You know, he's literally trying to kill her, but Evangeline knows what she has done to him. And, um, sort of the main, one of the main plots in the first one is that, you know, Evangeline makes a deal with the Prince of Hearts and what she accidentally does is she puts a spell on Apollo, which is why, which is how this turn of events has been, has been moving forward. But Evangeline knows that there's so much good in him and she knows that this is her fault. And so she doesn't even think of him as a villain and he doesn't speak to her as like a villain in his life. They like have Mm -hmm. this weird emotional tug of war with each other. That's just, it's, um, it's dramatic. It's, it's a lot to take in, but I would say him and Jax are, are the most morally gray, but interesting because of it. Yeah. If they were, one way or the other, they would not be nearly as compelling. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely mm-hmm. agree. Yeah. Uh, so Maggie. Yes. Where does Once Upon a Broken Heart land on the spice meter? Well, typical of, you know, the fact that it does sometimes live in a young adult section of a bookshop. There's not yes. a ton of spice in this no. one. There's heat between the characters, which is fun and sexy. And uh-huh. the second book has a steamy little scene, which is Ooh. shocking. I was like, this okay. is in the YA section. <laughs> I cannot believe what I am reading. 
but um, it's hot in the second one. It is, okay. it is. It is a good little scene. And it's little, of course, because it's young adult. But it's good. But the first one doesn't have much, of course. No, nah, they have some some steamy kisses in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that is it. I was just going to say, there is the wedding bed. Yes. And they talk about Apollo being, like, super oiled up. But really, that's as far as that goes. That's as far as that goes. And... Most of the spice and the heat comes from the fact that if Jax kisses Evangeline and Mm -hmm. she is not his true love, she Mm -hmm. will die. Yeah. So they just have all this heat between them, all this spice. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, in Caraval, Tella is supposed to be his one true love. But then at one point in Once Upon a Broken Heart, doesn't he say that she's not? He just slowed down her hard enough for her to survive. Yeah, but he is who she is who he wanted. Like he fell in love with her, but she was not the one for him. Yeah. Yeah. So that leaves a lot of not a lot, just a few different questions and hypotheses about Evangeline and Jax. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Julia, mm-hmm. is this going to be a book? Is this going to be a book? <laughs> That's embarrassing. <laughs> is this book going to be a movie or TV show? Um, It was actually optioned. The rights were picked up by 20th Century Fox, which is kind of cool. You know, Fox and the Archer. Anyway, um. That's all I know about it, though, is that it was picked up. The rights were picked up by 20th Century Fox. That is incredibly jazzy news. And I really Mm -hmm. hope it gets made into a movie. Yeah, I think this would actually be a really good movie. I agree. I really want to see it. Okay. Fingers crossed, you guys. Fingers Mm -hmm. crossed. Mm -hmm. I'd watch it. I'd watch it. Okay. Um, Julia, this is a question for you. Not for okay. me because I read the second. Yeah, I was about to say this is not my my question to you. What do you think is going to happen next? Okay, here is my hypothesis. I am want I really want Evangeline to be Jax's one true love. Like honestly, I want that for both of them and for myself. Because I think that their rivalry that they have or, like, the way that they communicate with each other is so fun. Like, it's very direct. It isn't sugar-coated with anything. Mm -hmm. They see through the BS that the other is trying to do. And at the end of the, the book, Evangeline is suddenly, like, breaking ties with Jax. And so I... That I don't want to spend the whole second book for Jax to be trying to win her back. I think that is very reminiscent of the Caraval trilogy with Tella, and I'm just not a fan of that. But I do want them to come together again to solve the mystery. Because there is a mystery. There is. There is a mystery. And I need it to be solved. Evangeline got really manic toward the end when she was like trying to figure out what was happening. There were too many pieces flying around. She was grasping at too many straws. So I didn't really, I don't think I completely grasped what actually happened. Mm -hmm. Um, I imagine Apollo will wake up. Because yeah. he's he's currently in like a magically induced coma. 
So that's what I think is going to happen with him. I think the brother is going to be in hiding or in prison about to be maybe executed or wanted for murder, possibly, Mm -hmm. or for like attempted murder. You said Marisol doesn't really show up much in the second book. So I'm just going to not. She's she's on the lam. She's gone. Run. Yeah. Um, Luke, who showed up momentarily. I think he's going to show up again, but I hope he doesn't because I did not like him. Um, he yeah, was a he's dumb an- character. He's in it. He's there. I said he's annoying. Just he's, generally he's his character. so annoying. Yeah. So Luke is, Luke is, for the people listening, Evangeline's love that ends up being engaged to Marisol at the beginning of the book. Mm-hmm. And it's annoying. That whole plot line is irritating. Um, <laughs> so it really, is. I just, I just, I hope that one, whatever archway is trying to be opened gets opened by the end. And I hope that Jax and Evangeline are back on speaking terms slash they love each other. Also, I need more of the unwed bride. Okay. Well, yeah. I hope that you get all that you wish for. Thank you. And you told me there's a spicy little scene. So let me just say, I think it'll probably, unfortunately, be between Apollo and Evangeline. I'm saying nothing. I know. I'm going to text you about it when I get there. You will text me about it when you get there because (laughs) you are going to love it. I imagine that I will. I really enjoy texting you about book stuff. I love it. I love it when you do. Yeah, because they're usually very unhinged text. It's one of my favorite things when one of my friends is reading a book that I have recommended to them and they're just texting mm-hmm. me updates and I mm-hmm. I know more than they know and I know the things that they're going to love. Yeah. Okay. Um what how how was my hypothesis? Don't tell me what was right and what was wrong, but was I close on any of them? I think it was pretty good. Some things touched on some things that will happen cool okay dope that's gonna make me just go out and get the book that much Good. sooner to be <laughs> honest <laughs> uh, uh, all right so if people have read once upon a broken heart and ballad of never after what would you say they should read what are your recommendations well um some of my biggest recommendations would be <gasps> belladonna by Adeline Grace. It is about a young woman who can see death and she is sent to live with her uncle and two cousins and one of her cousins is dying. And so her and death team up to solve the mystery to see who is trying to kill her cousin. Um, Really good magic romance. It's a fun little read. And then I would also recommend Cinder by Marissa Meyer. This is a book Mm -hmm. I read when I was a teen. And basically, it's a ton of mashed up twists of fairy tales. So Cinder is about a girl who is literally part robot. And um, they live on this, it's in this sci-fi-esque world. They go between different planets. There's a lot of romances and political intrigue. 
they were fun. I just remember enjoying the heck out of them and um, a lot of twists and turns, which felt very reminiscent of Once Upon a Broken Heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about you? What would you recommend? Okay. Um, so I think the first thing I would actually recommend is, oh, damn it. The title is escaping me. Oh, no. <laughs> I have such a brain fog today. It's bothering me. Uh, oh, okay. I would recommend Shadow and Bone. Ooh, I think okay. that is a similar quality-ish. Now, I know that I personally did not enjoy Shadow and Bone as much as like the book as much as the TV show, but it is it is magical. It is this young woman traveling north or she's traveling in a different direction opposite of the one she lives in um, and experiences these magical things. And I think if you're looking for something like that, those are very similar. Yeah. And pretty spot on. Um, I think I would also recommend Red Rising. Oh, okay. It just, I don't know entirely why other than it, it is someone that is put in a different situation and has to problem solve and find allies. Yeah, that's completely fair. It can also just yeah. be sometimes you just get a vibe from a book, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So those those are my two. Those are what I've got. Nice. Good yeah. recommendations, I think. Thank you. Yours too. Thank you so much. Um gosh, Julia, thanks for letting me force you into <laughs> doing this episode. I'm so happy we got to talk about this book, and I encourage all of you to read it. Even if you don't want to read Caraval, read Once Upon a Broken Heart. I really, mm-hmm. I really can't recommend it enough. It is cool. And Julia says it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> you can force me to read a book anytime. I'm also forcing you to read Mistborn later this season. So that's true. And no, that's way even. longer. That is way longer. <laughs> That much longer, is it? Oh, yeah. My copy of Mistborn is, like, huge. Okay, it's a quick read, though. Okay, I'll believe you. You'll be fine. You'll like it. I bet I will. It's been recommended to many times, so. (laughs) Um, Yes, so thanks for joining us. And with that, we heckin' did it, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, share us with your other bookish friends and family. If you're listening with Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate and review the show. We are off to record our newest mini-sode for our Patreon. If you're interested in joining our Novel Finds community on Patreon, follow the link in our bio. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Novel Finds Podcast. Thank you so much for being a novel friend. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye.